It's time to eat. What are you hungry for? Sit down and get ready to consume an abundance of fantasy football knowledge from Ross Tucker and Joe Dolan. Feed me now! I'm starving! On the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast. Yeah, let's eat, baby. It is the Fantasy Feast Eating Podcast, and it may be Christmas Eve, and this may be episode two a day earlier than we normally do it. And yes, it was a little weird with Monday Night Football, but that's okay because you deserve your podcast that is presented by betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. I've talked about this on some of our other shows like the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, College Draft Podcast, even the Even Money Podcast. They're giving away money every day on the show. $100 for 12 days, 12 days of Christmas. And then $1,000 they're giving away tomorrow on Christmas. So it's not too late. Check out my Twitter at Ross Tucker NFL or Brian at RTF Podcast. Or just go to at PC1 Sportsnet. At PC1 Sportsnet. And they will explain to you how you can go ahead in the 12 days of Christmas, and oh, $150 Amazon gift cards daily, I screwed that up, and $1,000 on Christmas Day. $150, all you have to do is sign up for an account, follow Bet Online on either Twitter or Instagram, and email your account number to gift at podcast1.com. That's awesome. Make sure you get on top of that ASAP. BetOnline.ag using, of course, the promo code podcast one. He is Joe Dolan. He is the man. Love me some Joe Dolan. Wrapping up the regular season, Joe, here with episode two. I'm Ross Tucker at Ross Tucker NFL. Twitter and IG or the Gram or Insta or whatever you call it. Pretty much everywhere at RTF podcast is how you follow along. All right, Joe, let's start with... The Philadelphia Eagles, New York Giants, we know a few things. We know the Eagles have to win to win the division, unless the Cowboys lose, but the Cowboys are playing at the same time. Correct. We also found out on Monday already Zach Ertz has fractured ribs. Not sure whether or not we'll see him against the Giants. Dallas Goddard stepped up in a major way, and basically everybody for the Giants stepped up in a major way. Yeah, so we look at Philadelphia right now, and you see a team that's getting by on sheer will. Um, and I think Carson Wentz deserves all the credit in the world for that. He's a guy who's gotten criticized quite a bit this year, and and I think he's dealing with maybe one of the worst two or three supporting casts in the entire NFL. That being said, the Eagles have got some hungry guys out there. And Miles Sanders has been the key guy. Uh, How about this Uh, for Miles Sanders? 156 yards from scrimmage and a touchdown against the Cowboys. Although I understand, folks, he lost a lot of you a fantasy championship when he he slid down at the Cowboys 20 rather than taking it the other 20 yards and getting himself into the end zone. I get that. Um, Miles Sanders made probably a smart play. That being said, they would have won anyway, uh, even if he went into the end zone. So uh, unfortunately, that that's the those are the breaks. But you're playing Miles Sanders this week. There's no two ways about that. Even though the Giants' run defense has been really good since they've acquired Leonard Williams, 
Um, Miles Sanders is somebody I think you have to play this week. He's been too good the last couple of weeks. You mentioned Zach Ertz. We have to keep an eye on his status. I think fractured ribs are an injury that, I mean, mere mortals could not play play through. But for the most part, you understand that that's probably a pain tolerance issue. So we'll see what his status is later in the week. Dallas Goddard, though, is going to be important either way. I love him for DFS this week. And I think you can even take a shot on Greg Ward, who has seen, uh, I believe, 24 targets over the last three games from Carson Wentz. Wentz seems to have trusted this guy. And I think Wentz, who's been putting up numbers, he's averaging over 300 yards uh, per game in December. I think he's viable for DFS as well. The Eagles have everything in the world to play for. Uh, if, if Zach Ertz can play, he's going to play. That's what I know. Anything else on, on the uh, Eagles with Goddard or their receivers? Anybody else that you think could have a big day? Uh, just it, Goddard, uh, Miles Sanders, and maybe you take a shot on Boston Scott. But the one thing I think Doug Peterson needs to clean out of his playbook a little bit, Boston Scott had just six catches for seven yards against the Cowboys. Too much uh, side-to-side stuff. Um, I, I would like to see more. I, Ross, I really hate bubble screens, and I especially hate receiver screens when the receiver is stationary at the line of scrimmage uh when when and so i i don't know how you feel about them but this is just a big uh this is just a big pet peeve for me because i hate when uh teams throw a wide receiver screen to a stationary player and the eagles actually did that quite a bit with boston scott flexed out wide because of how thin they are i think it's it, it's just a terrible play you your guys have to your guy has to drop back behind the line of scrimmage. He has to wait for the throw to get there. Then you have to count on, A, the throw being good, B, the guy catching the ball, and C, your wide receivers actually adequately blocking on the perimeter. I just think it's a play that very often does not work in the NFL. I hate them. And they ran a ton of them with Boston Scott. I think Doug Peterson should cut those out of the out of the playbook. I don't know what you think about those plays. There are obviously good ways to run screens. I think that's the worst way to run a screen in the NFL. Yeah, not a big fan either. Um, for the Giants, we mentioned Daniel Jones. Saquon Barkley looked amazing. I mean, yes, he did. They, they they looked they looked good offensively against the Redskins. Yeah, the Redskins have a bad defense, but I'm the one thing about the Giants is you look at the weapons and you're like, man, this team's pretty freaking good. And we saw what Darius Slayton did to the Eagles a couple of weeks ago. And the Eagles are not going to have Ronald Darby out there now. I know Darby was the one Darius Slayton burned. Uh, a couple of weeks ago on Monday Night Football. But uh, keep an eye on Slayton, by the way, who was dinged up in and out of that game. But he is actually in there late in the game uh, against against the uh, the Redskins on us on Sunday. You're playing Barkley, even though the Eagles run defense has been really good and they shut down Zeke Elliott uh, in, in uh, week 16. You're playing Barkley. Um, I think you're taking a shot on Golden Tate. Sterling Shepard might be the safer option uh, at wide receiver than Darius Slayton, depending on... Uh, depending on Slayton's um, uh, injury status. He had a knee injury, and it was just surprising they put him back in the game. So keep an eye on Slayton. But I think Darius Slayton's going to be incredibly popular for DFS if he's healthy and ready to go in Week 17. And you know the Giants are going to be out there trying to play spoiler. Yeah, they really are. Titans are at the Texans. Now, this is an interesting one to talk about, Joe. We're recording this 307. On Monday, and Bill O'Brien has said there are no plans to rest anybody, that they're going to play to win, which is interesting because they easily might have the number four seed locked up and probably will, 
after the Chiefs and Patriots both play earlier in the day. Right. So there's the key part. If the Chiefs win their game, the Texans cannot move up or down. Now, I know what Bill O'Brien's saying. I understand what Bill O'Brien's saying. But you saw Deshaun Watson out there limping around. You saw that they lost Will Fuller during that game. He's had a history of soft tissue injuries. This team, I've mentioned on the podcast, Deshaun Watson averages nearly two and a half yards per attempt more when Will Fuller's out there than when he's not. That's a significant number. I would think Bill O'Brien is going to play this thing smart. And you have to keep in mind, in these Week 17 games, just because starters start the game, doesn't mean they finish the game. So maybe Deshaun Watson gets a quarter. Maybe Deshaun Watson gets a half. Maybe Bill O'Brien plans to play Deshaun Watson a half, and then he gets popped in the first quarter, and he gets scared, and is like, that's it, we're going to McCarron. All those things can happen. So from Houston's perspective, A, you have to see what happens. If Kansas City wins in, at, at 1 o'clock or is up in that game, Bill O'Brien's entire thought process might change. Um, I think I think it's entirely possible. You see how Watson's feeling this week. You see how Will Fuller's feeling this week. You make a decision on that. I am not taking what Bill O'Brien said on a Monday and m- writing it down as gospel. Um, I th- This is a team that if I am setting my DFS lineups at, b- before the 1 p.m. games, I am flat avoiding the Houston Texans. On the other side, you've got the Titans who obviously want and need to win. Yeah, they definitely need to win. They are currently the number six seed. Um, What they need is just a simple win. A simple win gets them in, or the Steelers and the Colts lose. Now, the Steelers and the Colts uh, both play at 430, so there's a chance that Tennessee um, can still lose uh, that that playoff spot. So they're going to have something to play for. So that means you're rolling with Ryan Tannehill, who, by the way, threw for three touchdowns in that game against the Saints with no turnovers, despite A.J. Brown getting shut down the entire game, at least as a receiver. I know he had the rushing touchdown, but he had just one catch as a receiver because Marshawn Lattimore shadowed him all over the field. Ryan Tannehill is playing really well, so I'm counting on Tannehill. I expect Tennessee to get Derrick Henry back. I think that was the report from Adam Schefter. The report was um, that they held him out because last week's game against the Saints wasn't as meaningful as this game, so I would expect Derrick Henry to be a driving force for Tennessee. It's going to be Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill, uh, A.J. Brown, and a guy you could take a shot on is Jonu Smith, the tight end, who's really starting to come alive and has actually been pretty much their second most important receiver over the last number of weeks. Then let's go to the Redskins and the Cowboys. The Redskins will not have Dwayne Haskins. Bill Callahan announced that he's got a high ankle sprain. So they'll be playing that game without Dwayne Haskins means Case Keenum, and I'm really curious to see how the Cowboys come out and play in that one. Well, how much energy are they going to have? And that's going to tell you everything you need to know uh, about Jason Garrett. I I think Jason Garrett's a dead man walking anyway, but if he gets his team up and they manage to sneak into the playoffs and make some noise, which can happen in the NFL. You know, Bill Parcells always used to say, get in the tournament. Um, It can happen for a team as talented as the Cowboys, but they had a really, really bad game against Philadelphia. I thought Dak Prescott was terrible. Um, I I know know they're going to have the excuse with the shoulder, and I understand that. But 
that, that this is now four times the Cowboys have gone on the road and lost a game in which Dak Prescott did not throw a touchdown pass. And that's going to be a question mark. Ezekiel Elliott taps out on a key third down. The Cowboys end up losing a fumble with Tony Pollard. Just a completely disastrous combination of energy and coaching, Ross. I, I mean, I know you had some tweets about this, but I, the Eagles deserve a ton of credit. We, we, we talked about them, the way they came together and won that game, despite some mistakes of their own. But I mean, just I—I I thought that was an embarrassing performance by Dallas. Well, I mean, Joe, they had six drops, and D- Dak Prescott missed at least five wide-open receivers. You know, if they—if they're just—if they just make half of those, it's a different game. I mean, those were at least eleven plays that should be easy NFL throws and catches. I'm not sure Eagles fans should be feeling quite as good as they do today when you consider how many just drops like unforced errors there were by the Cowboys I think the Eagles um, fans are probably thinking uh, chickens have come home to roost for the Cowboys because those things have played the Eagles this year pretty much it actually was a very Eagles loss by the Cowboys Um, yeah it's it's one of those things where I agree I mean Tavon Austin uh, for all the hand-wringing that Amari Cooper wasn't on the field at the end of the game and I get it Tavon Austin had just beaten his defender for a potential touchdown, and Dak Prescott just flat overthrew him. So my question about Prescott is this. How much of those inaccurate throws were because he had to try to put a little bit extra velocity on him because of the shoulder and then therefore made it inaccurate? And then the other question is, is he able to correct those things in a week? And now they have a must-win game. I don't know if he's going to all of a sudden magically be 100% after dropping back and throwing 44 passes. I don't know. So this is a game for the Cowboys. The one thing we do know is that they are a far better team at home, and I would think that means good things for Michael Gallup and Amari Cooper. I think it means good things for Ezekiel Elliott. I expect this to be a big Zeke game for Dallas because they put the game, no pun intended, on Dak's shoulders, and they lost uh, on in, in Week 16. Whether the shoulder injury was a big reason for that or not, I expect them to go back to Elliott in a big way here in week six in week 17 against Washington. And he will be a very popular DFS play. Um, I don't like the stereotype, but if you're spending almost all of your time today on Amari Cooper, not being in the game on fourth and eight, and you're making that the topic of the conversation for that game, I'm not going to say you have a small brain. I'll just say you're not using as high of a percentage of your brain as you'd like to. I mean, all the other plays in that game, and they're going to act like that if Amari Cooper, who did nothing for two weeks in a row, like if he was out there, then they definitely would have converted the fourth and eight. It was First of all, it was fourth and eight. Second of all, they got Michael Gallup, who's a thousand-yard receiver, on the Eagles' fifth corner, Sidney Jones. Like what, what other matchup are you looking for there? I mean, it's just – corner who made a hell of a play, by the way. He did, uh, and he did it against the Giants too. He's like a closer. Sydney the closer Jones. That's when he does his best work. All right, Joe, let's get to the Steelers at the Ravens. Mason Rudolph out for several weeks, so it will be Duck Hodges for Pittsburgh again against a Ravens team that's already said they're not playing Marshall Yonda, Mark Ingram out with the calf strain, not playing Lamar Jackson. Several of these guys have already been confirmed by John Harbaugh to not be playing in this game. 
Yeah, you would think Robert Griffin III is going to be a popular DFS play. The problem is he's going up against the Steelers defense that's been very good this season, and the Steelers need to win this game. So it, it's it's a bad matchup. And now, with Mark Ingram banged up, you know those calf injuries can linger, and he basically has three weeks to rest it before the Ravens' playoff game. But if Mark Ingram is that important to the offense, and he is because it is still a run-based offense, are they going to play Gus Edwards? You, they might not. They might not feel comfortable playing Gus Edwards, thinking, "Man, what if he goes down?" And then if Ingram isn't a hundred percent in the playoffs, then we're really screwed. So I actually expect to see quite a bit of Justice Hill, the rookie running back in this game. I like him for DFS, uh, kind of like Hayden Hurst, the tight end, who I would expect would play more. Um, I, I think they would hold out Mark Andrews, who's been banged up. But uh, the, I mean, the markets tell you everything you need to know. The the Ravens are just one point favorites here at home against Pittsburgh. Uh, obviously, if this were a normal game they'd be up around double digits because the markets would have crashed on Devlin Hodges who's just been atrocious I mean he's an undrafted rookie but he has no arm strength whatsoever um the good news for Pittsburgh is Baltimore's defense is probably going to rest some guys as well so maybe a guy like Deontay Johnson who's really come alive of late uh ends up being able to put up numbers but I wouldn't expect to see James Conner in this game which means the backfield's going to be an utter mess Juju Smith-Schuster's done absolutely nothing I really don't like anybody from Pittsburgh outside of maybe Deontay Johnson. This is going to be a brutal-looking game. Um, and for the Ravens, you kind of already talked about it, so I guess we yep. can move on to the Colts and the Jags. Naeem Hines is your punt returner in DFS? Joe? Yeah, if, if, if we could use them. <laughs> uh, no, no, I, I know he probably won people a lot of money because I wouldn't doubt that the Colts were a heavily-owned DFS defense going up against Will Greer and maybe you look for lightning in a bottle yet again because they're going up against Gardner Minshew I mean the Jaguars we've talked about it for weeks they've quit they have utterly quit and and I I, I don't know if I blame them DJ Chark was a huge disappointment um, Indianapolis is, still has a shot at the playoffs so they have something to play for I it's Leonard Fournette DJ Chark or bust for me for the Jacksonville Jaguars I don't like anybody else here there's no use thinking about anybody else um, I know Chris Collins scored the touchdown but those are the two guys I'm considering playing that's that's about it for Jacksonville how about the Raiders at the Broncos I'm kind of intrigued by this game yeah uh, so the Raiders the question here becomes how much effort are they going to put into winning this game because they too technically still have a minuscule shot at getting a uh, at getting a playoff spot they need four games to go their way um, they have to win of course uh, the Colts need to beat uh, the Jags. I think the Ravens need to beat the Steelers, and the Texans need to beat um, uh, the Titans. And then I think, according to um, according just for strength of schedule purposes, they actually need like the Patriots or the Chiefs to win something wild like that. But they actually do have a shot, and it makes me wonder if they're going to bring Josh Jacobs back. That being said, DeAndre Washington was totally fine if you played him uh, over 100 yards from scrimmage, got in the end zone, so he's viable if Josh Jacobs doesn't go. Um, the problem here is Darren Waller is getting crushed when Hunter Renfro's out there. It's terrible. Uh, Hunter Renfro comes out, goes for over 100 yards, and Darren Waller catches just four for 37. So I don't love either of those guys. Maybe you can take a shot on Renfro for DFS, and maybe you take a shot on Tyrell Williams, though I think he'll get the Chris Harris shadow. So I'm really focusing on the backfield here for the Raiders. They do have a shot, though, so keep an eye on Josh Jacobs' status. I know it's a long shot, but they could still get into the playoffs. 
Broncos on the other side. Little Philip Lindsay, Cortland Sutton. Like them both. I like Lindsay and Sutton this week. Um, uh, it was unfortunate that uh, that Noah Fant's been dinged up, though. Um, it, it's it's really kind of put a little bit of a damper on what was a really good end of the season. He had just two catches for 10 yards last week. Deshaun Hamilton comes out of nowhere, back from the dead to post six for 65 and a touchdown. Maybe you look at that and say, hey, I'll take a shot on him. But I really like Lindsay and I really like Sutton in this matchup against Oakland. And Denver's going to try to play because they want to get a really good look at Drew Locke. Yeah, and they want to they want to keep winning. They want to finish strong. There's sure. there's absolutely no question. All right, Cardinals not expected to have Kyler Murray. He's out. He got hurt. So we think it'll be Brett Hundley and that vicious Cardinals running attack with Kenyon Drake against the L.A. Rams. Uh, that's the only Cardinal I'm in any way excited to play if Brett Hundley's quarterback. Let's just make it nice and simple. Christian Kirk did not catch a pass against Seattle. Larry Fitzgerald, four for 47 and a touchdown. Yay. I mean, he almost scored a second touchdown, but he's been a mediocre wide receiver for all year long. Uh, if Brett Hundley is the quarterback, the only Cardinal I'm playing in DFS is Kenyon Drake. That, uh, and, before I ask I you about, and before I ask you about the Rams, Joe, I need to make sure you are on board with Manscaped.com because Manscaped – offers precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Yeah, you heard me. Look, I've admitted it before. I think most guys have been there. I've had a couple of nicks when I've been doing some manscaping. It stinks. Not a good area for blood. Not a good area to have a nick for a lot of different reasons. Thank goodness Manscaped redesigned the electric trimmer their lawnmower 2.0 has proprietary skin safe technology so this trimmer won't nick or snag your new, your you know what's they also has crop preserver by the way anti chafing ball deodorant probably didn't even know that existed you put deodorant under your armpits why not put your deodorant on the other place where you should have deodorant anyway get 20% off plus free shipping with the code feast at manscaped.com. Always use the right tools for the job. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code FEAST at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at M-A-N-S-C-A-P-E-D.com. Use code FEAST. Manscaped.com. The right tools for your family jewels. How are the Rams going to allocate their family jewels on Sunday. Oh, this, I think Rams fans need some anti-chafing ball deodorant to get over the stench <laughs> of this team because this has been really bad for them. Uh, they, uh, I don't know what's going on. They just haven't found a rhythm all year long, Ross. Um, and look, this is a team that a couple weeks ago, Jared Goff threw for over 400 yards against Arizona. The question is, what is their motivation? They've been eliminated. They've had guys banged up all year. Uh, Cooper Cup, uh, he, his snaps have gone down. Is he not 100%? Uh, we've got, we've got, um, 
we've got Robert Woods, who's gotten a ton of targets. Brandon Cooks came out of retirement last week and saw, found the end zone. I didn't even know he still played in the NFL. But the guy who's been consistent for them is Tyler Higby. Obviously, he's gone over 100 yards in three consecutive games. I think you still have to keep rolling with him. Um, Todd Gurley, how many snaps is he going to get? As a matter of fact, it's been four consecutive games for Tyler Higby. Uh, how many snaps is Todd Gurley going to get? Are they going to get Daryl Henderson some more looks? Um, there is a lot of questions right now. We obviously don't have a betting line on this game yet because of the Kyler Murray situation. Uh, so they haven't put a line out for this game. But I think there's also a lot of questions about the Rams' motivations. If the Rams come out and say they're starting guys, I feel pretty comfortable going with Robert Woods, Tyler Higby. Um, but the rest of it, I'm just not very sure that the Rams have all that much motivation to go out and, uh, and, and win football games. That being said, they also don't have a whole lot of motivation to go out and lose football games because they don't have a first-round pick. They traded it for Jalen Ramsey. This is a messy team, and they have a big, big hole to dig themselves out of come the 2020 offseason. I have very bad vibes about the L.A. Rams heading into weeks, Week 17. Probably a team that I'm not excited about attacking for DFS outside of Robert Woods and Tyler Higby. Yeah, Higby's been awesome. I mean, He's been a revelation unbelievable i thought he was more like the blocking tight end you know last year or whatever pretty crazy all right sunday night should be the best game it's the niners going for number one seed against the seahawks who are going for the division championship mm -hmm. i don't know what it'll mean for their seed it depends on what happens tonight or monday night at least we're recording yeah this we monday. have no clue about i mean i think they can be they can be as much as the number one seed. So they can move from fifth to one. And I think they could be as low as sixth. So Seattle's got a wide range of outcomes. Okay. As of when we're recording this, Monday afternoon, Joe, Marshawn Lynch reportedly on his way to Seattle. The sides are supposedly going to work out an agreement to sign Marshawn Lynch. I mean – you have to have him in your DFS lineup, right? Like they're, they're, this is even debatable. Presuming that he's even on the DFS slate, because uh, very often these things get set on Mondays, and as of right now, he's not on an NFL team, so he is obviously not on the pricing slate right now. So you have to you have to keep that in mind. As a matter of fact, I can do a quick check right now at FanDuel just to see if he's even in there, but I would seriously doubt he would be. Um, I would love if he were, though. I, is there a person on earth who is who is rooting for Marsh against Marshawn Lynch getting signed by uh, by the Seattle Seahawks? I don't think so, man. I mean, who would be rooting against that? I mean, it's so much fun, and it would be awesome to see him come out. I, I could just, I just have this like amazing vision of Marshawn Lynch, like in between funny videos and all that stuff, getting, uh, getting, uh, <laughs> working out to ensure that he's in shape for just this situation. By the way, if you're just listening, Chris Carson and CJ Procise are both out for the season, and Marshawn Lynch and apparently Robert Turbin as well are. Uh, <laughs> Are, are looking uh, at, at re-signing in Seattle. Um, I would love to play him wherever I could. Uh, obviously, it's probably going to be more of a playoff move for Seattle. But uh, look, Seattle, if they're ever going to change the way that they play, it would be now. It would be now. It would be, we lost our top two running backs. They, I mean, essentially, they're top three since they lost Rashad Penny. Marshawn Lynch might be back, but hey, who knows? Uh I'm not I'm not terribly sure if he's going to be in shape. It, it's really, really interesting that Seattle continues to run an offense as if 
um, as if Russell Wilson is not an elite passer. And that's really strange to me. It's really strange to me that they do that. Um, so I'm, I'm looking at this and saying, well, you would think uh, Russell Wilson's going to come out and throw more. But then you look at the fact that Russell Wilson came out and had an awful game against Arizona last week. Hey, raise your hand if you lost a fantasy championship because Russell Wilson couldn't complete a single pass to DK Metcalf. How about nine targets, one catch combined uh, for DK Metcalf and for and for Tyler Lockett? Yeah. That hurt me, too. Um, you would think Russ, this is a big Russell Wilson game, but I don't know how you feel great about it, Ross, heading into against this San Francisco defense with the way Russell Wilson played against Arizona at home, uh, getting booed by their own fans. Yeah, it's, it's a, a lot of good points there, Joe. That game should be really, really interesting. No Dwayne Brown at left tackle with the meniscus tear. Um, uh, you'd think if there's ever a game when they need to throw it, it would be this. The Niners' defense hasn't been quite the same, though, either. They have injuries, they, and, and obviously uh, the Rams came out and put some points on them. Hey, good good work by the Niners to be resilient. You know, the Rams managed to put points on them, I think, without looking particularly dynamic. I think Goff missed some throws, but Robert Woods and Tyler Higby had a good game, and, you know, that should indicate this, this should be a good game for – for, for Lockett uh, and for, for Jacob Hollister, for DK Metcalf, but it's hard to trust those guys right now. Um, and I, I still think the safest bet would be on Travis Homer getting a bunch of carries for Seattle, but hey, Marshawn comes in. He doesn't know this offense with Brian Schottenheimer, but Marshawn probably can run any offense at this stage, so um, it, it, it's going to be fascinating to watch. I am more interested in watching this game as a neutral observer, to be completely honest. I don't know how Seattle's going to play. As for the Niners, I mean, they're obviously going to be no holds barred. Everybody's sure. playing. Who are the guys to key on on there? Well, obviously, uh, well, uh, the running back situation was interesting against the Rams because if not for a touchdown by Raheem Mostert, none of them really would have done anything. Uh, Tevin Coleman had a couple of catches in that game. But uh, this one, this one, I'm really focused on Jimmy Garoppolo. Can he come out and have himself uh, a nice big time uh, game here? Um, the Niners are slight favorites in this game. I think a large part of that is because of how banged up the, the Seahawks are. I think the Niners. Uh, I think the Niners are playing better football. I think uh, people look at the way Russell Wilson played last week and are saying, "Man, I think the Niners are just a better team," and I don't disagree with that. But uh, the last time these two teams played, uh, Jimmy Garoppolo did not have a strong game. Just twenty four forty six for two forty eight with a touchdown and a pick. Um, their leading rusher was Coleman with forty yards. Debo Samuel actually went for eight for one twelve. Emmanuel Sanders caught just two passes in that game, but they didn't have George Kittle. I think a lot of targets are going to go to George Kittle, and I like both Emmanuel Sanders and Debo Samuel in this game. If you're playing a running back, it has to be Kendrick Bourne, who scored a receiving touchdown against uh, Seattle the last time out. But I think it's a good game for Garoppolo and a good game for the receivers. Garoppolo didn't have strong numbers at home against Seattle in a loss all the way back in, in week number 10. However, he did not have George Kittle. Excellent work, Joe. That was awesome. Way to finish the regular season strong. Speaking of awesome, number one, it's awesome that we're still with you. Only one episode a week, but we're still with you all through the postseason. This is a year-round podcast. We ain't uh, uh, going nowhere. We ain't go nowhere. We can't be stopped now. 
Because we're bad boys for life. And we're bad boys that love awesomeness. Like Box of Awesome from Bespoke Post. Bespoke Post sends guys only the best stuff. I just gave my buddy uh, the contents of one of the boxes I got. He likes, He loves whiskey. So it was like whiskey decanters or something. I don't know much about whiskey, but also whiskey glasses. He was psyched. They've got style and grooming goods, barware, cooking tools, outdoor gear. Box of Awesome has carefully built collections for every part of your life. Here's the deal. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month or cancel anytime. Each box costs only 45 bucks, but has over $70 worth of gear inside. Get 20% off your first monthly box when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and then enter the code FEAST at checkout. That's boxofawesome.com, code FEAST, for 20% off your first box. It is that easy to be awesome, to get awesome stuff, and to be awesome like Joe Dolan. Get even more awesome. Listen to the Even Money Podcast because that's how we roll. We roll on the Even Money Podcast, and we are doing it today. Doing it a day early because tomorrow's Christmas, so go for it. Boxofawesome.com, Even Money Podcast, lots of different ways to be incredible. I'm stuffed. We're done. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Feast Podcast. Make sure to also subscribe to the Ross Tucker Football Podcast, Even Money, Business of Sports, and the College Draft. All available at Apple Podcasts, RossTucker.com, or wherever podcasts can be found.